recorded live from the mats of Radical MMA in New York City, the Martial Culture Podcast. Your source for in-depth combat sports and martial arts insights with, with Coach, Coach Rene Dreyfus and, and Matt Peters. Peters. Ring the bell and let's get, get it on. Oh, that bell's loud today. It was loud. I don't think I'll be able to hear the rest of the podcast. <laughs> That's good. All right. Hi, Renee. How are you? I'm fantastic, Matt. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. It's great to see you. We're on a streak. I am on a streak. We're on a streak. And, and I don't mean taking off my clothes. <laughs> Let's go streaking. <laughs> the young people won't get that joke. They won't know what the 70s streaking movement was. I was referencing the movie Old School. Old School? Oh, that? yeah. That Will, Ferrell? Will Ferrell. I'm not a big streaking. Will Ferrell fan. It's a good one, though. Yeah, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> you know, like, that's a good movie. It's, he's, a, he's, not, he's not the main character, which makes it a little I know, more but he powerful. runs around uh, naked all the time. Yeah, I know. I remember he that. He does, yeah. yeah. But no, you know, it was it was mildly entertaining. Yeah. As Will Ferrell movies go. Don't see the um, Journey to the Center of the Earth one. That is terrible. He's in there? Yeah. Never saw that. Is that that's the one? Or, or is, uh, the one with the... The land the time land of the lost. Land of lost. Land yeah. of lost. That's it. Land that of lost. TV that's show the from the seventies. Right, right. The land of that's the one I'm talking about. Sorry, yeah. That was not good. That was not. I did good. see that though. That was not good. No, but this is not a Will Ferrell podcast. No, this is a <laughs> it's not a martial Will arts <laughs> MMA podcast. Uh, a lot of congratulations to the Radical MMA family. Uh, we had a lot of great wins this weekend. Uh, our favorite G pulled it out. With the, the submission in the second round, right? Yeah, uh, third round. Third, third round. round. Yeah, it was. Uh, and then we also, uh, co-product of Professor Cat and myself, uh, York Anderson, he um, he also had a win, and it was a great time. And then one of my junior junior team members, Ben, uh, did a, a Muay Thai um, exhibition match and did very, very well. So, um, mm. you know, really, really happy. It was a really good, good uh, weekend for us. Um, and, you know, uh People don't know. We were just joking around with things behind the scenes and talking about behind the scenes in the podcast studio and things like that. But people don't know what goes on behind the scenes in your fight camp. And, you know, this was a very, very, very difficult fight camp. And you you just – people just see the win. But they don't see the incredible amount of hard work. And uh, G was dealing with some injuries, um, some actually serious injuries where he's going to have to take a little time off. He has a, as a um, – uh, injury. I, I won't say what it is because you know people do listen to this. But he has an injury that has to take some time off and rehab. He um, also did not have a lot of time to train because he uh, was really busy at work and he had a tr- uh, international travel that he had to do to visit some family members in China. So it was every single aspect of this camp was incredibly challenging, and um, we also uh, didn't have as many partners available to us. It was just really tough camp and. Um, G came in and he came in very heavy, struggled with the weight cut. What weight class is he? He's fights in one eighty five this time. Oh, um, wow. But okay. he, he, yeah, yeah. But he walked around way heavy. Mm. We started the camp at. What do you think we started at? Way heavy. So when I think way heavy, I'm like two forty. But yeah, not so far off. Really, <laughs> almost two thirty. Holy moly! <laughs> That's a big weight. Yeah, because, how long ago because, was it? Was, it was like you know eight weeks, nine weeks. Something eight like that. weeks. Yeah, that's it. I yeah, need because to talk he, to you he, about he, losing he, weight. Jesus no, no Christ. kidding. Because um, <laughs> he went to China and had a had a family obligation where it was eat, 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 and mm. you know you're, when your grandma says eat this, mm. you don't get to say no. And you don't, you know, and uh, visiting family, it's an issue like that. And he came in when one the two twenty seven. To 227 and uh, 
a week before the fight, he was really not on the targets we need to be in. <laughs> and he was telling me, he goes, he's looking at one of his training partners and he says, what are you weighing at? He goes, he tells him what he weighs at. And the guy goes, oh boy. <laughs> it was so hard wow. and so rough. And but he uh, made it. He made it. We made, we weighed it. We made weight. And oh, But you know, when you drop weight that hard, there's there's a price to pay. And what happened was not just the adrenaline, but everything, but the cardio during the fight was not what it should have been because of the weight cut. You just get drained like that. Mm -hmm. So the first round, G took a little bit. He's always a little bit of a slow starter, but he took even more time to get going. And then the adrenaline and the cardio kicked in. And thank God we just put so many hours in of just general training that he went on autopilot. And, you know, we we had some challenging moments, but I don't know if you saw the fight, but G was just racking him with the clinch with strikes. I mean, it was one technique we learned with the break-off punch, which Mike Perry does, um, and he fought him this weekend, but a break-off overhand and a break-off elbow. And um, uh, we can't throw elbows in amateur. But the break-off overhand, pop, 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 pop. We worked that so many times, and he hit that guy. Props to Benavidez, G's opponent. I have never seen a guy with such fighting spirit will to just push through and in the second round he took so much damage and was just being hit so much and he just kept coming forward like a tank you know like a like a german you know um <laughs> what are those the tanks of the, the german tanks? yeah the yeah. sherman was our side but yeah. the german was the the more heavier weighted um you know the panzer, panzer. you know the panzer he panzer. came like a, like a panzer tank you know heavy plotting just boom just eating shots and pushing forward and g was just pop 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 and then finally um and g was getting really tired punching him he's like he told me he's like he's like why won't you quit motherfucker <laughs> and uh and he won't quit that guy had no quit in him and i have a lot of respect for his opponent he took g into very deep waters and um g kind of punched himself out but then we went into the guy got a takedown in the third round and g said you think this is where you are, but this is my best place. And that's the game. You know, up to this point, we have not exposed our jiu-jitsu mastery. Mm -hmm. And every, nobody we sleeps on us. This is, you know, Radical May, we think we're, people think we're a striking school. And instantly went to the ground. He swept him, mounted him, took his back, choked him out. Bam! And wow. the minute he got there, I was like, I turned to Fresh and I'm like, she's going to win now. And he's like, really? He's like, yeah, the fight's going to be over in about two seconds. He's like, really? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, he's going to win now. He's like, boom, and it was over. And uh, and I was very proud of him for pushing through. But the first thing I did, and people know me, that I'm no bullcrap kind of guy. We were talking about the last podcast. G made a technical mistake on the rear naked choke. The first thing I walk in, I'm like, what are you doing with that bullshit choke? Uh, <laughs> how can you get better? How can you get better? <laughs> he's like, I know, I sucked. I'm like, gee, why'd you do that joke? So people are laughing. They know, you know, I'm not exactly like, you know, hey, great job, buddy. I'm like, what are you doing that bullshit joke? <laughs> That's the first thing I said to him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, what, did, what did he have to eat for his first meal after the I don't want to say it was terrible. It was terrible. It was the worst choice ever. Oh, I'm so embarrassed pizza, about pizza? it. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Uh, <laughs> and it was, we're going to change that. And, uh, you know, it's whatever. It was. Well, I'm sure the weight cut wasn't pleasurable for him no, either. And, so and he knows is, better. The funny thing is, is when you cut weight and you have that first meal, you crave greasy, oily food. It's kind of like, you know, when you're drunk. I, not that I've been drunk. I, last time I had alcohol was 1998. Um, uh, 1988, I'm sorry. 19, no, 1992. That was the last time I had alcohol. Last time I was inebriated was 1988 but you know when you kind of have that 
that drunk feeling and um, you just crave like munchies or, or grease. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like what happens when you wake up. Your body craves fat and grease. So there's a temptation to to just go blah and just <laughs> eat crazy, but you have to resist it. And, um, and he didn't. Not really. <laughs> not really. Well, how old is he? He's young, right? Yeah, 32. Oh, not not, not young. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. I was going to say he's a kid, but. Yeah, yeah, a little bit he is, though. <sighs> yeah. He's right. mature in some He ways, ordered yeah. the left side of the menu at yeah. McDonald's. <laughs> exactly. Well, that was our that was our celebration meal. After we go driving home, we, we went to McDonald's. He's like, can I get a McDonald's? I want. I want a McDonald's. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're going to get a McDouble with mac sauce. Mm. <laughs> chicken McNuggets. That's what he got. Yeah. <laughs> There's not real chicken in there, man. <laughs> I know, but All that's right. what he wanted. Whatever. You with probably the, want the sweet and sour sauce. That's what he wanted. All right. And extra sweet. We got extra sweet and sour. Well, I'm not going to say anything bad about him because he'll kick my ass. No, we'll just laugh. I can't anyway, say anything and, bad and, about and, him. And York Anderson had a very tough fight. We just two, we got two warriors from the same camp. The camp was called Ultimate MMA in, um, I believe it's in Massachusetts. Incredibly tough guys, man. And the guy who fought York came for a battle, and he was a very experienced grappler and lifted York up in the air. I mean, the guy was floating in the stratosphere a few times but york has we practiced lots of balance maintaining our balance came back down and each time the guy did that he was losing his cardio not exactly our strategy was exactly reminiscent of the david branch um fight Mm -hmm. where uh david branch was you know trying to take down um uh shoot who was it last the last we were just talking about right yeah and um and, you know, it looked like David Branch was really aggressing. But, you know, it's a strategy to let the grappler, you know, really work those takedowns and, and tire yourself out. And um, and that was our strategy is let him tire himself out in the first round and then we come to kill. And then the second and third round, it was absolute destruction. And, you know, the, you know props to the opponent, but it was um, we we threw spinning back kicks. and Jared Conninger. Uh, yeah, can- uh, cannoneer. Yeah, cannoneer. yeah, cannoneer. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, wrestling, if you're not training wrestling every day, wrestling takes a tremendous toll of energy. Mm-hmm. And if you fail on that takedown, and especially high amplitude throws, you fail on them, you get tired. <laughs> That's why you remember Randy Couture, and we we're talking about it, it's the 25th anniversary of the UFC, but Randy, Randy Couture and, and Fedor, both of them, were really interesting because, well, they did some high amplitude takedowns too. A lot of times they would just do these like little simple knee taps where they just drive into you and tap your knee. Mm. Or Randy Couture was very good at bouncing people off the cage using the momentum, the energy of the cage bounce where he would take you down with with minimal cardio effort. And that's kind of like what we want to do, you know, mm. um, make minimal effort. But anyway, it was good. It was a really good weekend for our team. I'm super happy. Very proud of my guys. Win, lose, or draw. Very, very proud of them. And, um, you know, we just move onward and, and keep going. So I'm just – it was a great weekend for us. It was tiring. It was tiring though, but, you know, it was yeah. great. Where was it? it was, uh, Massachusetts, yeah, um, right on the border of Massachusetts and Connecticut and yeah. in um, spring near Springfield, Massachusetts. Very cool. So yeah. G's taking a little bit of a break, but he's been on – I mean, since we started this podcast, I think I've heard him winning at least three times in the last – Four, four yeah, times four in the last times. year. Yeah, yeah. Once you get in the call. Yeah, well, we got to go pro first, you know, yeah. and then uh, we'll see. But we got to also fix some 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 things and some injuries, and mm. and you know, the don't rush. The amateurs are just where you where you get everything, the, all the kings out. Right. And better do it in the amateurs. Than What's the his amateur record? Um, his official amateur record is four and zero, but he does have a fight that he lost, um, which is not a rec- re- registered fight, but he has a, a WKA tournament loss. Um, but he lost to an amazing fighter named William Knight. So really, his record is four and one, um, but official record is four and zero. All right. Yeah. Well, cool. Can't wait to see the future for 
G and all the others ran from MMA. Yeah, and G's very first fight was, you know, kind of, we can hit William Knight, who was, uh, you know, he's the in the same show as us, he's the premier um, 205-pound champion. So mm. he's 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 the real day pro pro champion. Is a uh, G thinking about going up to two hundred five? We did last fight. We went up to five, but no, G's a one eighty five. He has to fight one eighty five. Okay. And uh, I mean, obviously, you know, um, we want to come into camps where we're weighing, you know, a reasonable now and, <laughs> and being in shape. But really, G's his body type is everything. He's a he's a one eighty five. That's okay. where he should be. And we just last time we had an issue. Where you know there was one eighty five fight fell through, so we we took a fight at two hundred five, but um, but really he's one eighty five, so that's that. So we you know G has the two hundred five pound title and the one eighty five pound title, so he's the double champ. Ooh. But we're gonna we gave that two hundred five up because uh, we're not gonna defend it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. There were some fights this weekend. Oh my god, yeah, and it's it's amazing because UFC twenty fifth anniversary in November thirteenth, nineteen ninety three. Was the very first UFC twenty five wow. years ago uh, to to this day, wow. so it's a huge day, you know. Hoist Gracie, I, I couldn't watch it. You were you were you, I, but nobody could. It was it was like on you know nobody tapes, knew about. They were passing yeah, tapes. Yeah, passing, the, yeah, right. I didn't watch Alice. live either. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. I don't think it was on even a pay per view. Wasn't. I don't think the first one was. I UFC was it UFC one or was yeah, it UFC one? Yeah, was that pay per view? Might have been on pay per view. Yeah, but um, but it was you know we all found it usually through the through the videotapes afterwards. I remember seeing the videotapes yeah, in, yeah, the, yeah, in the Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, but the Blockbuster, oh, that's how we all watched it, a Blockbuster. Or before it was on Blockbuster, it was just, you know, trading tapes between friends. It's come such a long way. The it's logo, crazy. my God. Oh, that, my God. The yeah, guy the... on top of the, the planet. <laughs> you know, do you know, um, do you know John Milius? Uh, yeah, he used to direct yeah. Conan the Barbarian. He directed um, uh, a lot of war movies. Not, mm. um, not, um, yeah, he's he's a famous war movie director. He was actually um, the the kind of like brainchild behind uh, the first UFC production and making it very dramatic. And yeah. you know that's kind of where the octagon came from. The, there's a few people credited with the octagon. They're saying, but uh, you know the whole idea was to make it dramatic and you know uh, and sort of like a, you know a martial arts contest, like a movie. And and it, it, you know it it just turned into something like that. Now the UFC they started with like the tournaments where it would be some uh, emulation. Em- Elimination, Elimination tournament. Yes, that's right. right. Kind of like yeah. how Bellator is doing it now. Right, but it would be on the same day. The same day. And it was it was rough. Um, you'd have three, four fights in one day. I mean, that's crazy. And it was all bare knuckle. The first fight did not allow groin punching, but the, I believe the second one did or the third one did. Right. So there was there was actually some rules in the first one. You couldn't punch in the groin. But that, that rule um, uh, was two rules. taken away and, and then put back in. There's two rules. No biting, no eye gouging. And they were only enforced by a $1,500, $1,500 fine. So yeah. you did. It, you just got fifteen hundred. Yeah, oh, but but there was also in the first one. I don't think there was growing strikes. Right? Was that was that wrong? Just says two rules. Oh, two rules. Right. Okay. Well, then, obviously, I was mistaken. But I know. I know the the growing strike rule was like in and out in the beginning. Where 15. you could, you couldn't. The winner got yeah. fifty grand. Yeah, that's it. Hoist Gracie. And, and he wasn't uh, he. Uh, one of the other uh, Roy, Roy and Gracie. Roy and Gracie Roy was and the Gracie, promoter. Yeah. Hoist Gracie was the fighter. The fighter. Yeah. yeah. A lot of a uh, lot of familiar names on this roster. A lot that I've never heard of though. Yeah, Ken Shamrock. Mm. Um, yeah, so many uh, the people got started on that show, and there was a funny because a lot of people tried out. You know who tried out for the the first UFC, but um, but wasn't going to fight because of the conflict of interest. And he was a student of the Gracies. Was Big John McCarthy, the ref, the oh, famous wow. ref. So he was going to fight, but 
they're saying, look, if you enter the tournament, you're going to have to fight against us. You're one of our students. So, you know, how about you become a referee instead? Because he was also a police officer at that time. So that's how he got started as a he was going to fight first. But then the Horian Gracie said, no, 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 because if you're then you're kind of like our enemy instead of our student. And because, uh, you know, Ho- Hoist is in the tournament. So um, why don't you just be the ref instead? And that's how Big John got his start. Huh. Yeah. And then a few other people like that, too, you know, that they were um, they were already training Gracie Jiu-Jitsu at that time. Um, very, very interesting, you know, and, and probably one of the most seminal moments in, uh, in, in, in the development of martial arts in the last, you know, 100, 200 years. But anyway, anyway, just talking about the, the fights, let's go back to the fights before we go do a retrospective of the UFC. Yeah, what do we Yeah, have? so we had uh, Yair, Yair Rodriguez versus Korean Zombie. Yeah. Did you see that fight? I did not see that. Uh, it was, it oh, was, it went along. Oh, yeah. And we also had um, Donald Cerrone versus- I saw um, the highlights. Mike Perry. Yeah, Mike Perry. And that was- um, And then we had um, Raquel Pennington uh, fighting uh, J- uh, J- uh, Randomy, you know, the former champion who wouldn't fight to mm-hmm. defend her title. Mm-hmm. And it was those are, you know, those are three big name fights. And they, they definitely- um, You know, what I like about the UFC, and, and this is- you can say all oh, a lot of negative things about the UFC, but they put the top guys against the top guys. You know, you and so you're like, Randomy, you want back? Well, you gotta fight, you gotta fight someone good. And they put it against Pennington, who just, you know, just came off of a title shot. And um obviously she lost. Uh, you know, she there was a it was a rough fight. It was a rough fight. And and Randomy won. But um, you know, maybe, you know, sometimes you take big losses and they're um they get in your head, and mm-hmm. I think maybe Pennington um, has to do some mental work to come back a little stronger. Yeah, and uh, also I've been—I was heard that she um, is is in school and like pursuing a medical degree. Man, full time full time fighting <laughs> while you're doing school. Forget that's uh, about yeah, it. like you know, hey, that's that's pretty difficult. But I, I props off, my hats off to her. She's amazing. But um, Donald Cerrone and I don't know if you know the beef between between Donald Cerrone and um, and mm-hmm. um, and Mike Perry's. They mm-hmm. were both training at Jackson Wink, and Jackson Wink chose Mike Perry to coach. Because it's Winklejohn. Jackson has kind of stepped out. Supposedly he's he's taking a little break from coaching. So it's really Winklejohn. And Winklejohn and Cerrone have never seen eye to eye. They they don't have like such a great relationship, and so you know, Cerrone's been you know long time student of that of that camp, and um, then they chose Mike Perry, a newcomer. They said we're going to coach you, and we're not going to coach Cerrone. And Cerrone went on the Joe Rogan podcast and you know basically mm. trash talked Winklejohn. Said the gym is terrible. And uh, Winklejohn's a just terrible trainer, disgusting, and he felt betrayed. And he, you know, basically trained on his own ranch. And um, there's a tremendous amount of bad blood. And I, I don't, I don't, you know, like to get into the drama, but it's, it's in, it's, it's hard to see, you know, um, two people from the same camp. That's a real issue, and and that happened in that same camp between John Jones and Rashad Evans. You know, mm-hmm. that camp when you're when you're successful. What do you do? Do you fight your buddy? And how do you how do you how do you do that? Um, and um, you know, you see it in Team Alpha Male, you see it all the time in schisms between inside camps. And I guess it's a part of martial arts. Look, if you could look back old history, I think the reason why there's so many different martial arts styles, like there's this style of kung fu and that style of kung fu, is because there's a schism. And you know, one student has to leave the master, and he's not happy, and he has to do his own thing. And mm-hmm. and um, I guess it's kind of like part of martial arts that when you have enough, you know, lines in in the in the in the 
in the in the pack, eventually in the pride, eventually couple, some lions have to go off and form their own pride. And uh, nothing this is wrong a, with that. I mean, they should. Yeah, nothing they wrong should with look that, right? to grow. So, yeah, exactly. They should just have them fight, and whoever wins gets to stay. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, um, but Cerrone, um basically, it really, it really showed that Mike Perry, um, while he's was on a tear, uh, I mean, he's not lost in a long time. As a fighter, his fight IQ is somewhat lacking, mm-hmm. and he. He put himself in 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 Cerrone's guard and mm-hmm. just got so that's a big, big fight for them. Uh, yeah. And Cerrone is yeah. now old uh, school, very old school armbar, which kind of like apropos for the 25th anniversary because uh, it's a very old school armbar. Could yeah. have been same armbar could have done been done uh, you know 25 years ago. He's got the most wins in UFC history now. Yeah, he's got the most finishes and the most wins. Wow! So not just the most wins, but both also the most finishes. 21. Yeah, and 15, I believe. Right? Is it? 15? Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know the most exact. Most submissions? The most finishes. Most finishes. Yeah, which combines submissions and, and knockouts. Um, but I forgot what those He's got nine knockouts and 17 submissions. Oh, wow. Holy crap. That's a lot. That is amazing. Yeah, 21 wins for, yeah, yeah, that's right. 15 finishes. Oh, it says 15 finishes. Uh, 15 submissions. Well, yeah. that's his whole, it might not be his UFC record, UFC but record, his full right. martial arts record. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. Uh, anyway. He's been around for a for while. Ever. I remember Cerrone fighting Uriah, was it Uriah Faber? Or fighting in the WEC. I don't know if he fought Uriah Faber, but um, no, I don't think he did. But uh, but he was fighting in the WEC way, way, way back when. Let's see when his first fight was. Yeah. It and was 2006 was his first fight. That was not in UFC, though. Wait, who, is this, who did he fight in the WEC? Uh, Kenneth Alexander was his first WEC fight. Danny Castillo, Rog McCullough. Danny Castillo, yeah, Castillo. yeah, yeah. I remember that. That's a, that's a team app. Benson though. Henderson? He fought, that's right. He fought Benson Henderson. He lost Henderson. against him twice. That's right. He fought Benson Henderson. That's who I remember watching. His first UFC and that was, that was, was in 2011. Yeah. Oh my God! All those guys were from the WEC, and one of the best things, you know, it's really sad because one of the best things the UFC did was buy the WEC and get lightweights. And you know, they're going to get rid of the 125 division. It seems really, yeah, they're going to can it. Can you believe that? It's terrible um, because it's such a technical division. That's one of the reasons I believe Cejudo's fighting TJ Dillashaw is because the the, the scuttlebutt is that the 125 division is going to be removed. What would be the justification for that? That was exciting. That was exciting. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I know. And um, just put them on on the prelims. Nobody watches those except for the diehards, right? But it's like if you're a champion, you got to pay champions. That's champion true. away, yeah, you know. And true. also, it's like, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because you know, as fans, I think fans love to watch. First thing, they love to watch bigger fighters. They do. They just you know, Mike Tyson is was always more popular than like, you know. Shane Mosley or something, you know, or whatever, someone mm-hmm. someone smaller, right? Or, you know, uh, um, Sugar Ray Leonard or something. Who's popular, but it's not the same level. Like, Mike Tyson's become iconic, right? Muhammad Ali. In MMA, it's Randy Couture or, you know, Brock Lesnar or, you know, whatever. Or even John Jones is not a heavyweight, but he's up there. And people don't talk about Demetrius Johnson's, you know, Reign of the 125 division, yeah. and they don't talk about Pequeño in Japan. Pequeño is a, a small, obviously small fighter. Pequeño means small uh-huh. in Spanish, but he's a Brazilian fighter. But he ruled the lower weights of Shuto, which is a Japanese MMA for like I don't know, it's like 15 years. He was undefeated, mm-hmm. and nobody talks about it. So there's a, there's a bias towards larger fighters because obviously 
we look at through our genetic coding. When someone looks at you, Matt, and look at me, they will be more intimidated by you and me than me. They would absolutely be because you're just much bigger. Mm -hmm. So we have this genetic encoding to re recognize threat of larger people. Now, when it comes to a real threat, I'm a bit more dangerous than you. Well, yeah. <laughs> if I fell on you, you'd be in trouble. Uh, no, not okay. you wouldn't be in trouble. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. People it's it's understand. part of our genetic coding yeah. to recognize threat. That's why bouncers generally can't fight. They're just, they're just big. Yeah. yeah, they're just big. And I was a terrible bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible because people just want to fight me all the time. Yeah. It was a really stressful time of my life, you know, <laughs> because it just there was fight time, you know. Yeah. And um, um, so we we recognize threat through size, but that's not always the case. That's interesting. And, yeah. I think I, when I first started really watching UFC, I wanted to watch the heavyweight fights because of the same reasons that you're saying. But as the time has gone on, I've watched more heavyweight fights. I find them very boring. Boring. Yeah, because they suck. Slow. They suck. And no, light, not all. Light heavyweight is my favorite division. Light, you know, you're right. Light heavyweight and middleweight are really interesting. They combine the both the the good parts of of all. All of them. They got the athleticism for the, yeah. the quickness, and then they also have the bulk for the power. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, you know, the guys at 205, the guys at 185, the guys at 170 are – especially I think 170 is really interesting because they're, they're – they look intimidating. Like George St. Pierre looks intimidating. He's a big dude, you mm -hmm. know, and he moves like lightning. And the same thing with um, you know, all the guys at 170. They just move really mm -hmm. well, you know. Darren Till, who lost, but still. That's an intimidating guy. Do you remember Kung Lee? Oh, no, that's one. Yeah, of course. I love that guy. I loved watching him fight. Well, he's very big in the movie world right yeah, now. Yeah, he was yeah. in like one of the Mortal Kombat movies or something. Yeah, one of my friends actually trained under him. Uh, my friend Max trained under him, and he's uh, Sanda, which is uh, Chinese kickboxing, kickboxing and throws. And he's a legitimate martial artist, and he has beautiful uh, – kind of guy that brought the spinning back kick back in town. Yeah, I remember – I can't remember who I watched him fight against, but he did the spinning back kick against – Shamrock? Somebody. It? It might have been Shamrock. Yeah, they had Shamrock. a big rivalry, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was Shamrock. Broke his arm, yeah. That was an amazing fight. Yeah, I broke his arm with it. Yeah. So that's a that's an exciting fight. I remember when I I used to watch uh, fake wrestling as a child. My grandpa was really into it, so we'd watch it, and uh, I was really into it too. I'm not going to pretend. And I remember watching like the uh, lucha guys, the guys that would jump around and fly off stuff. That was very entertaining. Very acrobatic guys. I mean, yeah. they're they're amazing uh, performers. And then you watch like Hulk Hogan versus you know some other big muscle head. And it's interesting because of the storyline, but it's not a fun fight to watch. I don't know. There's just I'm not really interested in the heavyweight guys. Yeah, Although, yeah, yeah. give me Roy Nelson all day. <laughs> I look up to that. But guy. but Roy <laughs> Roy Nelson's funny too. And you know you know what you know what um, uh, I have to say Gano, while he is very very one dimensional, has some beautiful handwork. Um, he's just some beautiful form, beautiful handwork, and mm -hmm. if he he punches very well, like he punches like someone technically really nice, mm -hmm. you know, um, and he has power too, you know. So, um, um, but um, and Stipe too is good. Um, even even you know Daniel Cormier, you know, he's he he he's obviously pretty freaking good. He wouldn't be the champion if he wasn't, <laughs> you know. Um, however, that last fight was kind of a joke. But um, uh, yeah, we so we we genetically. You know, it's in our coding our, to recognize threat certain ways. We recognize threat by behavior or by size. Mm -hmm. It's pretty simple. That's how we look at 
we gauge threat. And so we there's a predisposition towards the heavier fighters until you become an educated fan. And then you start to appreciate what's going on. The other thing is when you don't know what's going on in jiu-jitsu or even if it's a, like a very technical back and forth kind of uh, chess game of striking, you're like, uh, what's going on here? Because you need to understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. And um, and sometimes it's it's difficult for a casual fan to 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 understand the chess play of grappling, mm-hmm. and you don't see as much of that in the heavyweight division. You don't yeah. see that chess play. It's kind of like you know a little bit more. Even when there's grappling, it's more understandable. Yeah, I know? think that the, a lot of fans are missing a lot of the fun of UFC and MMA in general by not knowing more about the sport. Yeah, the but that's first, changing. That's changing. Yeah, it's yeah. great. There's Especially because the video, like we were talking about before, because the video games. You know, we talked about the last podcast. Yeah. People's knowledge is incredible now, so I think that's changing, and uh, and it's a good thing. And and you know, I have people come into my academy, and uh, obviously I am sampling towards people who are interested in fighting already. But but you know, not I'm not. Um, you can tell when somebody's you know trained martial arts all their life and they're like MMA, or someone just just watched MMA and then came into our academy because they were a fan of MMA, mm-hmm. and the latter group. You'd be surprised. They're like, oh, how long you've watched MMA? Oh, six months. And then they'll start talking about, yeah, you know, his um Superman punch and his slip uppercut, you know, like I'm like, whoa, that's <laughs> that's that's some good good knowledge there, you know, mm-hmm. like you're like starting to see it. Um so um but you know, again, like the fight between Yayo Rodriguez and Korean Zombie it was a very, very, very fan friendly fight. Yeah. I mean, that was just rock'em, sock'em, rock'em, sock'em robots. Mm-hmm. Was it a good fight? No. <laughs> it was a stupid fight. But it, from my opinion, from a technical standpoint, Korean Zombie is a Korean Zombie. You know, there's a reason I call him Korean Zombie. <laughs> He's gotten better. He's gotten a little bit more tactical, but he basically does the Brazilian, you know, uh, blitz, you know, he just steps forward one two one two, and he's gotten a little bit better with sneaky, but he's just basically a linear fighter who comes at you with his fists. Mm-hmm. And um, but it was a brawl. I mean, that was that was a these guys would not stop hitting each other. You know, they they were really going at it. And mm-hmm. then, did you see the finish? No, that fight? I didn't see any of it. Oh my god, um, it was amazing. Yeah. So you got to pull it up. We got to pull it up um, before we talk about it. But I want to talk about. I'm gonna. We're gonna pull this up, right? Because you have to see this, and you're gonna be like, "Holy, sh-, you know," <laughs> because um, it, it was it was just so creative and so cool and so just unbelievably amazing that here. So I want you to watch this. So we're playing the. For those of you who don't know it, it. Don't know that, yeah. He, he just fell asleep. Watch it again. Watch it again. The replay. It is amazing. So I posted on the Facebook page. So I want everybody to watch it. This was a very, very unique elbow. You've I've never seen a knockout with that elbow before in MMA's history ever. It is. Well, I've seen it. I've seen it in other sports like uh, Muay Thai, but uh, but it's very uncommon. And you see, basically faked a shot. To what he came up, yes, right. It's amazing, unreal, just so creative. And he's hitting him with very unorthodox elbows, uh, through much of the fight and timing those elbows. He hit him, I think we've hit him twice, twice. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, right? And and uh, so the people watching the podcast, it's on our, our uh, Facebook page, but um, but uh, just just 
phenomenally creative fighter, Yair Rodriguez. But also there's a problem because um, um, that fight, Yair Rodriguez was losing the whole fight on the not the whole fight, but a, a good portion of the fight on the scorecard. So, so this is kind of interesting. So they were just killing each other, and it goes back to like how do we determine who wins the fight? Because okay, so let's go over the statistics. These are from uh, CompuStrike or Fight Metric or something, right? So Jung, because he does those one twos, he had a hundred and eleven significant head strikes. Rodriguez had 59. So that's a huge difference, right? 60 to 110, right? Um, but Rodriguez had 24 really significant body strikes. Well, Jung only had nine. Then they had 36 um, leg kicks for Rodriguez. Well, Jung only had six. And so that's like when you think about it, Rodriguez was out kicking and out body shotting um, Jung and was really wrecking his knee. And and so there's some serious damage to uh, – Korean zombie also has bad knee. There's some serious damage to the legs. Obviously, we score punching to the head more. Mm. But, you know, like um, people were saying – and it's funny because the commentator, Paul Felder, was like, he's looking at like the fight like I was looking at it. And he's like, yeah, Rodriguez is doing well. He's winning. But actually, if you look at the stats, he wasn't winning. Mm-hmm. So it's like the way fighters look at fights because there was like body shots, legs all mixing up, elbows. There's an elbow in there. Um, he was he was hitting a much more variety of strikes and and controlling the fight. Not controlling the fight, but but really being intri- you know trick a little bit more tricky and throwing lots of different strikes. But there's a weight towards p- face punching, and the same thing with the Joanna Jerzyk and. Rose Namunas fight, mm-hmm. the second one. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I think, you know, Ioana won yeah. because she scored leg kicks while Rose scored punches. And we, we tend to score punches more. So it's, it's an interesting thing. The other thing is, like, I look at it from combat reality. Like, of course, the KO, the punch is the KO. But when you kick a guy's leg, you drop him like a tree trunk. You can drop a guy's leg. And sometimes you can, you can even really injure that leg. So from a fight reality, you know, Jung's in the hospital now. He's in the hospital, and I think he's going to have to have reconstructive surgery again on his knee. So it's like, okay, we didn't see the KO, but I think he actually—I mean, we didn't see the, the the leg kick damage, right? We don't we don't we don't see what's going on in his knee. We saw the KO, but I believe that his legs were so like messed up mm-hmm. that he started coming even even more dumb. And you know, like he's not a, the, the the most angular fighter, but. <laughs> Definitely not. But you know, I think did Rodriguez chopping at those legs and just chopping just was setting up more things that he wanted to do. And it just happened that he threw that elbow, knocked him out. Uh-huh. That is the the by the it's the ties for the 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 fast the the closest to the edge finish, uh-huh. close to the bell finish. Yeah, yeah. Then any uh, it's t- ties with um, Demetrius Johnson's armbar of. Um, uh, Wilson Hayes was it? I forgot. But he ties with with with, the, with one that was very very close, or was it? Um... Yeah. Anyway, um, but it's it's a, one one of the ties for the 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 you know by at the closest to the bell finish. Wow. Um, anyway, so it's interesting. Like, let's we have to think about how we categorize damage in the scoring system, and mm-hmm. and who knows, you know. But I think the leg kicks played a part in that elbow KO. When you take someone's legs out. They they 
they can't move well. When they can't move well, mm-hmm. you can do more to them. Now, um, and I'll tell you, in, in York's fight in this weekend, that was one of our strategies to kick really low and kick really hard. When they, the wrestler's legs give out, he can't wrestle. So I think maybe leg kicks, we have to look at how they're judged and how they're scored and, you know, maybe rethink that. I don't know, though. You know, it's kind of a good question. Um, anyway, so that's that's my take on those fights. It's kind of interesting. Really, really cool fight. Makes me think uh, in terms of makes me think about the um, storing, but in terms of angles and smarts, not so smart. No. You know, uh, not so smart. And it's interesting because Yair Regulus has only had a few weeks to prepare for this fight because he got called in uh, as a replacement. I forget who. But he, he had called in a replacement. I think it was Frank Edgar, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. And um, so he, he has to – not a big training camp. And, you know, it's Denver. Denver yeah. is, um, you know – Mile high. Mile high city. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, you got to give Yari Rodriguez a lot of credit for that performance. It kind of, the, the end of that fight kind of looked like how I fight. I'm just – like like uh, like Batman in uh, you know uh, um, the the against Bane where he's uh, flicking his elbows around. <laughs> <laughs> I just try to make as much movement as I can so you can't get close to me. No, but but um, this was interesting. It was it was interesting. One, it was really creative uh, night of fights. Um, uh, old school armbar. Um, definitely, uh, I like to see a little bit more angles in the striking. Um, very entertaining fight, but and a fight that. You know, Korean zombie is just Korean zombie. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? He's a zombie. Nothing. You don't call him Korean zombie for nothing. Um, but, uh, you know, it's the 25th anniversary. I don't know. You didn't watch it, but they, they in the in the fights, what they did was in the, lo- you know, the, 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 when they run down uh, the fighter stats, they did the old logo from the old DOC with, yeah. the, with the, 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 the old picture and the, the terrible color schemes. And, <laughs> but it was, it was kind of a, a hail mac. And so, I want to talk to you, Matt. What are your significant? Let's go back. What do you? You will go back and forth. I don't want to just do that. What are your significant moments of watching the UFC? Like in the twenty-five years the UFC's been around, tell me. You tell me one. I'll tell you one. You tell me one. Will you say this fight was the most significant? I feel in the UFC, or for me, you know, going back to whenever and why. I'm really curious to see you as from the fan experience. Man, I'm. Yeah, I, I've seen like the highlights of the old, like the '90s stuff, or like that. Well, no, but I mean, but, for your own, yeah. like, what, what was the first fight that got you into the? It's like I'm a fan now. What I think the, the first one that really like got me really, really watching it and like paying for it. Yeah. I never really paid for it. Yeah, but was the uh, um, uh, Jones versus Machida when like he choked him out against oh, the fence? Oh god, that guillotine was so good. That was so cool. Do you want to know something cool about that guillotine? Mm. So after that fight. The guy says, because that guillotine is known as the McKenzie-teen. It's a guillotine variation. And they go to John Jones. He's like, oh, are you, you – did you practice that McKenzie-teen you know, often? He's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? I just made it up. <laughs> he's like, I just made it up. Yeah. I'm like, just damn it. Against the you fence. just, just you made him up. Yeah. Like, John Jones is brilliant. I remember man. I watched that in a bar in Rochester. In Rochester. The and probably place went crazy. It huh? was insane. Everybody was yelling. It was crazy. So that's your that's your that was big kind of mode. my big one. In. I mean, I've watched them previously and stuff like that, but that one was I, I pretty much watched them all. That was a great then. fight too. It was a really good one. You know what? As a kind of contemporaneous to that fight, one of my biggest fights around that same era was Chael Sonnen versus Anderson Silva. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, you remember that fight? Sonnen. The entire fight, Chael Sonnen is beating the snot out of Anderson Silva. So what, what do you do? Is Anderson Silva you take him down? And ground and pound him for the entire round. Round mm-hmm. one, takes yeah. him down, ground and pounds him. Round two, takes him down, ground and pounds him. Round three, takes him down, ground and pound him. He landed something like 
273 headshots from ground and pound to Anderson's significant strike in that fight was like, at that point before the win, was like one. Mm-hmm. Like one jab. <laughs> so it was like 272 to one. Yeah. And third round, he takes him down, Matt wrecks him. Takes him down, wrecks him. Fourth round, same thing. Fifth round, fight is almost over. Anderson Silva pulls on the most awesome triangle ever and taps him out. <laughs> it was, I went wild. Uh, Don't sleep on jujitsu, baby. No. You know, but but tactically, you know, a failure of his punch defense and things like you shouldn't be on the back the whole time. But still, it was it was a pretty amazing fight for me. It was like I remember sitting with my wife. She was I don't think she was my wife at the time. I, I think we we're still dating. Yeah, I think we we're still dating. And um and I just stood up and went, you know, arms in the air. <laughs> yes, because I hate Chael Sonnen. Yeah. You know, he's my my pre Conor McGregor hater. Uh-huh. The person I hated before Conor McGregor. Um, that was that was a huge fight for me. And what else? What? Give me another one that you. So you got you got Machida and Jones. What's another one like in this year that you did twenty five years that you just just absolutely remember? Man, I remember like the the motions and like the the feeling, but I don't know if I can remember like the whole thing. Right, not the whole thing, but. Yeah. I just keep thinking about John Jones. Yeah, John Jones is fine. <laughs> That's, yeah, you're a big John Jones fan. Well, you know, it's good to follow. Uh, you know, as a fan, you follow your favorite fighter. Yeah. The Kung Lee fight with the spinning back Oh, kick. right. Yeah, that was. That was amazing. I can't remember who he was Yeah, against. no, no. It's, it's, it's Frank Shamrock. Yeah, Center, it's Frank yeah. Shamrock. Yeah. But he did a spinning back a few fights. But I remember he broke Shamrock's arm in that fight. Yeah. Yeah. That was strike force. And that was, that was way back when. But um, unfortunately, Kung Lee um, does enjoy steroids. So <laughs> he's tested positive for a lot of things. And uh, the Tito Ortiz versus Shamrock. I, I was mean, just going to talk about that rivalry yeah. over the years. Huge, huge. Yeah. I, I was remember just watching that season where he, they were the coaches of the Ultimate Fighter. That I, was a good season. I remember that. I remember um, that Frank Shamrock, Frank Shamrock, and Tito Ortiz. Not Ken, right? You're talking, you're talking Ken, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Frank. Frank. Uh, Frank. Frank, right? Yeah. Ken was a uh, yeah. he wrote he wrestled well, he, in the WWE right yeah yeah um, but Frank Shamrock and um, Tito Ortiz was one of the most important fights in UFC history and uh, so before that you know and you have to give credit because there was a camp called um, you know it was Frank Shamrock Ken Shamrock's camp was called um, Lions Den they were a pioneer in MMA. Mm-hmm. And they were really the guys to start putting it together. Frank Shamrock left Lions Den. It was a little bit more grappling games, but they're putting it together, you know, in a way that wasn't unidimensional. And Frank Shamrock teamed up with Maurice Smith, who is a very famous kickboxer. He also, do you know AKA is mm-hmm. AKA because of Frank Shamrock. So he AKA, you like the Kung Lee fight. Mm-hmm. AKA was Kung Lee, because Kung Lee's Academy was down the street. Javier Mendez was the owner of the academy, but Kung Lee would come down there. Frank Shamrock would come down there. Crazy Bob Cook, who left um, the Shamrock team, the the, um, um, the uh, um, uh, Lions Den with with uh, Frank, they all went to AKA. Maurice Smith would come down from Seattle, and they would train all the arts together. So AKA, the birth of AKA as an MMA team was mm-hmm. from Frank Shamrock. Oh. And uh, people don't realize that. And and um, he was the first guy to put really technical striking, really technical wrestling at that time, and really technical grappling on the ground together 
together, not unanimous, and 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 in a title fight. And he and Tito Ortiz too. Tito Ortiz was not a non technical fighter. He actually had a lot of technique. But basically, when he fought you, he would take you down and ground and pound you. Mm. He'd take you down and just bash your face. That was Tito Ortiz, you know. And and he would do other stuff, and he was very good at other things. But that was what he did in most of the fights. But then he and Frank and Frank Shamrock had a fight where it was a barn burner. It just wouldn't stop. You gotta watch it if you you know. Yeah. It was a barn burner all over the place. Bop 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 bop. This jujitsu striking, grappling, shoots, wrestling. Bop bop bop. That was the first one where you could see every element used seamlessly, intelligently, and. Really, really, really just – and I remember he broke, broke Tito Ortiz's will with hammer fists from uh, side side control, spiral control. And he just hammer fisted him and he broke Tito Ortiz's will and that's how he won. He, mm-hmm. it, was, it, was, it wasn't even technique at the end. It was, it was the will to push and to keep – and his cardio didn't quit and his other weapons, he was drawing from so many weapons. Tito Ortiz is like, what the fuck? How am I going to beat <laughs> this guy? I can't. And then he just broke. Yeah. And it was it was an amazing fight. Oh, no. That was that's a fight that everybody should go back and watch again is is just a turning point of modern MMA. Mm. And then since then it wasn't the same. It was it was always much much not always, but the top guys are more technical. You know, yeah. they just put things together better. That's they right. Frank Shamrock made the template for the modern fighter with the help of Japanese because he he didn't do it alone because he saw what the template was in Japan. Because in Japan they were doing that. Mm. Um they weren't as technical in in the ground, but they were mixing Muay Thai and kickboxing, wrestling and ground fighting together in 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 a, in a way that was not done here in America. You know, at, at that level, big fight then. Yeah, huge fight. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I that, got another one. Is it my turn? Or your your turn? turn. Go ahead, please. Uh, I always talk too much. So Forrest Griffin and Stephen Bonner. I I, I think I want so to take important. it back and change my John Jones fight to. I want this to be the big fight that brought me in the UFC with Ultimate Fighter the first season. So important. Such a they just traded blows back and forth, back and forth. It was an amazing, bloody fucking can, fight. Can, can I confess something? <laughs> yeah. I've never seen that fight. Oh, my God. I the whole thing. Seen I've the seen highlights? Clips, yeah. some, some clips, but I've never seen it. Yeah. That's, they just but the most important forth. fight in MMA history. There's no question. It really was very, very big, yeah. Yeah. Before that fight, MMA was losing money. And I loved Forrest Griffin. And I loved Stephen Bonner, too. Yeah. But yeah. he but didn't. They, I mean, they just went at it. Yeah. And they were there. They weren't there for the money. They were there for the for honor. And they were. I mean, obviously they want the contract, but they were. They were there as warriors. They, they you know, because there was no money. It was the UFC. Was the Ultimate Fighter? I think they got a, a Camry. <laughs> they did. Maybe. They got. Yeah, they, they got, got a, a car. Car. They got a car. Was, right. Right. Yeah. 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 Toyota and a contract. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but um, I remember people calling me to watch it, mm. but I wasn't able to. But they I, suddenly my phone is ringing. Watch this fight. Watch this fight. Watch it. That? And, it was like 2002, three, 2002, three, three, something like that. 2003, right? I'm trying. Yeah, but every, and that's, that actually showed in the ratings because people just called each other like crazy. Tune into Spike TV. 2005. And, and 2005, about five. Yeah, tune into Spike TV and watch this. And mid fight, the ratings just exploded. <laughs> yeah. And it put MMA on the mat as a legitimate sport. And there was pre pre for, for Griffin Bonner and post. And that is from the financial side, from the the, 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 the the legitimacy of the sports side, the most important fight to have ever happened. You know, to make UFC a viable financial product. There's no question. 
In terms of technique, it was just a slugfest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that was there was also they were new to the, this thirteen years ago, right? Some by amateurs. Yeah, but you don't was, like Forrest Griffin? Or no, no, something? I don't. No, actually, I really like Forrest Griffin, and he is an inspiring story of a guy who just walked into a gym and said, "You know, I want to train. I want to do something." And uh, he's training out of Atlanta for a long time, and he's I have nothing but good things to say. I mean, he's an inspiration. He's a he was just a, a regular Joe. And you know, the funny thing about Forrest Griffin, he's not that athletic, but he really, really, really is a hard worker. Yeah. He just had a um, a exhibition grappling match too. I forget mm. who he fought. It was Frank Mir or someone else. But his last yeah. fight was uh, at least professional UFC fight was 2012 against Tito Ortiz. Beat him. Beat him. Yeah, knocked knock him out, right? Yeah. Or, yeah, knocked him out, right? Or decision. I forgot. Uh, I remember. Unanimous. Just a decision, yeah. yeah. Fight of the night. What a, okay, so it's my turn. Your now. turn. Okay. Now, um, okay, big, big fight. Okay, obviously the the first, the Hoist Gracie reign is it, but you know, we t- anytime we talk about Hoist Gracie, you know, it's, it's always a big deal. Um, so I'm going to put those aside, but I would say the, but I want to say one. Hoist Gracie versus Kimo Leopoldo. No idea who this Okay, Kimo <laughs> is the man of your nightmares. Yeah. He's the guy you imagine is going to kill you and rape your wife. And just, you know, like, he just, every, the guy is taking every steroid in the book. He has his tattoos time. all over his body. He looks, he's one scary looking dude. Actually, in actuality, he's not a bad guy, but like that is the guy of your nightmares. And What's he, his chemo? Leop- Leopoldo, Leopoldo, right? And it was UFC three, I believe three. Yeah, exactly. He just showed a picture, right? And that's actually an older picture, I think. Like that, the other picture, he had a, a ponytail hair, and he was, and he just, he was on every single chemical known to man. And you look at Hoist Crazy, who's actually not small. He's tall and skinny. But because he's tall, he's not like small. But, you know, you look at him, they look like it's, you know, there's no reason these two people should be fighting each other. They they are, this is this should be illegal. That's what you see when these kids fight. And Kimo Leopoldo walked in because he's so freaking crazy. He walked in with a crucifix, a full large crucifix on his back because at that point he had some religious like revival or something. I don't know. All right. And he walked in with an entire crucifix on his back to the cage. And he's just nuts. And he's nuts. And the person cornering him is a mur- person who was killed in prison, Joe San, who is a murderer, rapist, and horrible person. That's the person cornering him. So this is the person that <laughs> and Frank Hoist Gracie's fighting. And Hoist Gracie's fighting him. And this is the fight of his career where he had to dig really deep. I don't think he ever had a harder fight. And Chemo is just overpowering because let me tell you, steroids, they freaking work. I mean, they're not good for you, <laughs> but they work. Yeah. And they, he is just Hoist Gracie. You know, when it, you know, just talks about the Gracie, you know, myth and how they sometimes, you know, overstate things or understate things. I won't get into that, but Hoist is getting the shit kicked out of him. Hmm. He was, and then he started just doing certain things, making his feet go in the right place. And he grabbed his saving grace was that he grabbed Chemo's ponytail. And yanked him. I mean, hey, this was legal back then, right? And he's like, huh. But adaptability. Man, he's like, hey, this guy's so freaking strong. I can't hold on to his hands. I can't hold on to his neck. I can't do anything. So you know what? 
I'm going to grab his ponytail. I'm going to grab that thing. And he did. And then suddenly the fight turns. He's like, hey, hey ponytail. <laughs> You're an idiot. You should cut your hair. <laughs> and then he puts on a beautiful, I mean, he comes back from the brink and puts on a triangle and a triangle armbar and, and chemo taps. Unfortunately, the fight was so exhausting that uh, um, uh, Hoist had to step out of the tournament. Uh-huh. Um, and then the chemo claimed a moral victory or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, but, uh, whatever, dude. Um, but, uh, um, that, um, that was, I think, a huge fight to see a person so outweighed. And like the, the, the man of your nightmares, the man who's going to meet you in an alleyway and kill you uh-huh. right in front of this guy who looks like just a regular Joe and he beats him. I mean, and he struggled too. He struggled. Don't don't get it wrong. He always struggled in that fight. It wasn't like, oh, I could just use jujitsu, jujitsu. Nothing happened. <laughs> that ah, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> jujitsu. No, that was not it. It was like, bam, I'm getting hit in the face. Bam, I'm getting hit in the face. Bam. Holy shit. There's a guy, enormous guy, in front of me, mashing my face to the mat and hurting me and just crushing me. Fuck. Pull your hair. Yeah. Pull his hair. <laughs> and he did. But it's funny how that's so adaptable. He got his hair and then the fight turned because Kim was like, oh, my God, there's a lot of leverage here. I can't move my head. And he just started kicking him and punching him, punching his head. And then with the head control, you control a person's head, you control them. And with that head control, the fight turned. And it was a, a huge, huge fight. The fight before that, um, I would say, um, was one uh, that I would say everybody should watch. And it, it, it uh, this is my last one. Oh, actually, you go, you go. I won't say it. That's my last. That I'll was go? My last. Yeah, uh, you go. You go. I'm cheating. I'm looking stuff up. Okay. Uh, I have uh, Silva versus Weidman when Anderson Silva oh! broke his foot. Yes. I love that video. Oh, my God. Tell, tell them about the fight. Yes, for those uh, guys who don't UFC know. UFC 168. And uh, Silva, who has a history of steroids as well. That is true. Which may have weakened his bones. Yeah, it's true. And I think for his case, it wasn't so much um, – Wanted to put on weight, but wanted to, to to get in shape and weight cut. You know, there's lots of used for a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Not always just gaining muscle, but anyway, yeah, he did. He was tested positive. Yeah, and he uh, leg kick, <sighs> and then his leg, his his foot wraps around Chris Weidman's leg. Oh my and, god, we have and to he post... puts he puts weight on his leg, foot again. Afterwards. He puts it yeah, on yeah. the ground he and then re- yeah. he now it's broken. <laughs> he puts his foot back on the ground and then just collapses and it's over. That is, it happened in, in Bellator too. Uh, I was there. The guy kicked into the same thing, but uh, it, it was that was disgusting. And it just shows, you know, um, like this is real. This is this is like this is no joke. You're fighting here. There's consequences to doing this stupid shit. Yeah. And taking steroids and and kicking like that, and also eating that check. I don't know. You 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 don't have done, done so much kickboxing, but I know you did a little bit. But when you kick and someone checks your leg. It really all here it plays. Yeah. Oh, oh my I God. Oh yes. And he was like yelling on the, as they were taking him out on a gurney. Oh. Oh yeah. That's just posted on the on the page. Yeah. That oh oh it's at a wrong angle. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Okay, so this this goes in. Okay, this goes in. Um, um, that did the same vein. This is my last one. We'll finish here. Okay. UFC two. When you Google it, UFC Pat, two. Pat Smith. Pat Smith, Patrick Smith versus Ninja. <laughs> I forgot the guy's name. Pat, just go UFC two. Pat Smith elbows. So you know this was back in the day where still we were in the Ninja craze. 
you know, like the crazy martial art craze. And I think this is even more than Hoist Crazy. This fight is the fight that put an exclamation point on your your kung fu doesn't work. You know, your your make believe martial arts. Is Ray Wizard? No, it's um a white guy, like a hickey white guy. Pat Smith, Pat Smith, UFC two. Patrick Smith, maybe Patrick Smith. Anyway, so let me tell you, give the background of this. There's this guy, and he's like, I I represent, um, you know, uh, American Ninja Association, you know, and he's like from Kansas. So I'm, yeah, well, you know, I'm going to come here and win the UFC, you know, show the power of ninjutsu, you know, like, <laughs> and it's just like the guy is just terrible, right, from looking from perspective today. And and it's one of those fake martial arts where it's just a really strong guy. It doesn't know how to fight. And Pat Smith, who's a world champion, um, he he won a thing called the Sabaki Challenge, which was like kind of like um like a full contact uh, uh, uh competition. And uh, because he was a kickboxer and a boxer, and actually he fought Hoist Gracie in the UFC, and he actually was one of the guys I believe he challenged Hoist Gracie in the Gracie Challenge challenge as well. And then he went to Torrance and chased some. So he had some understanding of Gracie Jiu Jitsu. He lost by leg lock in UFC one. He came back in UFC two. Then he pairs up with his ninja. The ninja guy wraps him up, tries to take him down in like the worst way, like, kind of crappy outside trip. Mm-hmm. Pat Smith, yes, Scott that's Morris. it. Yeah, yeah, Scott Morris. Go watch it. Have you watched it? Okay, watch it. Scott Morris, Pat Smith, watch it. This is one of the most brutal finishes. A lot of, ever. A lot of elbows. Yes. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, oh my god is right. How's it not over already? Yeah, right. Well, it's that's fa- over. Yeah, and 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 you just see what real violence looks like. And this is the thing: is and people might think, oh, Renee, you know, you, why do you celebrate violence? No, I don't celebrate violence. What I celebrate is rea- understanding what reality is. When you watch this, you're like, holy shit! I don't want to get into a fight. Like mm. when you watch like fake violence on TV, you're like, oh, there's no consequences to, to violence. When you watch this, you're like, oh my god, there's some freaking consequences. When I am in a in a in a, an altercation for my life, and this guy's mounting me and elbowing me in my face, and he just rained down elbows on Scott Smith, and actually broke his orbital bone so badly. Yeah, you 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 just turned it off, but you missed yeah. it when he gets up. You can see his no, face is oh, well, his face is actually not the right shape anymore. <laughs> It is it is you know, like a geometric shape that should not be uh, anything associated with the human human brain case. It it is just you know it's sort of a or you know a geometric uh, what what are these these, these polyhedrons? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a rhombus. Yeah, it's space became a rhomboid. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, and um, it is just terrible. And but it's like oh, fake martial arts don't work. And that was a huge one. Talk about just an understanding of this is what violence really looks like. This play violence from the WDF or from from films or whatever, that is not it. This is what it looks like. And I think it's important to understand that, you know, understand the power of someone to, to really, really hurt you. And that, that gives you pause when you, you, you know, in your daily life. And you take things seriously and you, you maybe become more aware of maybe not saying something to someone <laughs> that might get your face pounded. Yeah, don't get in a fight in a laundromat. Yeah, but, that, yeah, but exactly right. I mean that's my uh, that's my, my thing. It's why I like the UFC is because it is an unadulterated view into violence. Yep. Wow. Yes. I just yeah. saw this yeah, guy's just... face, his hamburger meat. <laughs> and look at look closely at the shape of his orbital bone. It's it not, is wrong. No, it's poking the wrong way. Yeah, everything is the wrong way. 
And did he uh, ever fight again? I don't think so. No. Oh uh, man. Yeah. He's like, I represent, you know, Busey's Ninja Academy, New American Ninja Association, you know, and that didn't really work out for him. Wow. <laughs> and because of this, this is the wonderful thing about UFC, and we always talk about it, is the bullshit of the eighties. The the knockout death touches, the ninjutsu, the the crappy kung fu, the crappy you know uh, you know uh, big fat belly karate guys, you know all that was exposed, and it changed the martial arts. The most important thing the UFC ever did was showed us this is what really works, and all this pretend stuff that is bullshit, and and I'm grateful for it, you know, um, uh, and so that is. Um, that is my last, you know, great in the twenty five years. The, the the we we went to a little bit early early years, but great fights of of uh, of the past twenty five years. I would also put in there for honorable mention, Randy Couture, Gabriel Gonzaga, John Jones versus um, Cormier, uh, um, Demetrius Johnson versus Horiguchi. There's some amazing ones there too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I mean and of the- course Habib versus. Uh oh, who's that Irish guy again? Uh, yeah, washed he's up. He's washed guy? up. Yeah, 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 I don't remember. Yeah, he's some whiskey brand. He's gonna. Say. There's a, a. I'm reading a forum talking about the the fight at UFC two. We were just talking about Morris, and he said whatever happened to to him, and he said he applied the the death touch to Pat Smith in UFC two, and he's still waiting for it to work. <laughs> It'll happen eventually. Eventually, it's a slow eventually, burn. Eventually, it's a slow burn. Look out, so, Pat Smith. It's been a it's been a crazy twenty five years and a great ride and um, and I'm very happy to be part of the MMA revolution and again I always tell you this but I see MMA not just the UFC obviously it's bigger there's Bellator there's one FC which was great one FC championship I posted it on the martial culture page great one FC championship fight the MMA is bigger than the UFC but it's also bigger than any MMA organization MMA mixed martial arts is a movement of evolving on unarmed fighting. And uh, seeing how we can evolve these combat techniques for self-preservation or for uh, aggressive, you know, if you're a military man or a policeman, you have to understand how to how to put people down too. So, mm-hmm. but basically for self-preservation, in my case, you know, like understanding the most efficient ways to apply to human combat, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, I love being a part of this revolution these last twenty-five years. Beautiful. You got to be ready for the zombie apocalypse. Maybe you know, fight them off. Got to add more biting into my academy. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get a fake head that you can train people that also has shockers inside the teeth? Oh. You know, know, I used to train this martial art. Um, This is way back in the 80s. I usually don't come comp to this stuff, but it was a biting martial art. So what we would do is we'd get raw pieces of meat and just look at each other and just champ and practice biting the raw pieces of meat. This was the 80s where we were doing the Filipino biting style. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So that was was, those things we graduated from. But but yes. Have you ever been bitten? Uh, in a fight, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I think you absolutely. told that story. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. Multiple, multiple times, actually, unfortunately. And eye gouge, attempted eye gouge. Yeah. Never been successfully bitten and successfully eye gouged because I, I was aware of it. But yeah. people tried all the time. One, one time, the guy really bit me a little bit, you know, um, in my thigh. Really bit me once. Mm. So I just socked him in the face. Right I got hard. bitten by a twelve-year-old. I worked at recently. A, yeah, no, no, no uh, years ago. Uh, but I worked at a school, and I had to discipline this child, and he bit me. Wow, yeah, but kids bite, man. Yeah. You know what's a, a, a great thing to stop people from biting? You stick your thumb right in, in by the molar in between. It's a, it's a thing you learned from working with horses, but uh-huh. uh, but it's also a martial arts thing. You put your thumb right here, 
and uh, they can't actually you can't actually bite, and you just hollow them out, and you just fish hook them. Yeah. And uh, but I think the parents would have something to say about that. They but. trained us to uh, <laughs> to plug their nose and then push their face into our skin as they're biting it to cut off their airflow, so they have to let go of the bite, or they'll ch- they'll pass out. Oh, that's smart. Or you just stick their finger in their eye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a fun uh, trip down memory lane of the UFC. You should not stick your finger into kids' eyes. No, just, don't do it. No, just don't do it. Do it to adults. Yeah. Consenting <laughs> adults. Get consent first. Krav Maga, number one. No, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. And, um, wow, what's happening this weekend? We got some UFC event this weekend. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, the, there's some big stuff coming up. Huge. Um, we have uh, Nunes Shevchenko coming up. Um, there's so many big fights coming up. I know the obviously the John Jones fight in December. But oh, I can't wait for that. There's stuff before that. Yeah. Um, next, Magni. Versus, yeah, Puznibio versus Magni. It was an interesting fight. Um, it's kind of like the the and and oh, we got November 24th Blades versus Nagano too, and then we got the Ultimate Fighter finale on November 30th, and then we have Dos Santos versus Tuivasa. Oh. <laughs> That's an interesting one. <laughs> Boy, they're putting to be boss, you know, the, the new Mark Hunt, Mark Hunt 2.0. Yeah. That guy's funny. And then uh, I can't wait till Shevchenko and, uh, oh, Holloway Ortega. Oh my God, that's the one I want. December 8th, Holloway Ortega. December's a big month. Yeah, big. Oh my God, there's so many. Yeah, Quinta versus Lee. Lot to look forward to. But, um, yeah. Uh, and then there's some Bellator stuff coming up, which I won't watch. <laughs> no Bellator. No Bellator. Boycott Bellator. No. Although, if you're coming to New York, give me tickets. I'll go. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next week.